Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. asking me if I'm back and I haven't really had an answer but now yeah I'm thinking I'm back hello everyone welcome back to another happy pod the only podcast in the world my name is Nathan as always I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Lawrence who's gonna tell us all what this silly little show is all about Nathan, this is the show where we get together, we talk about all things, we talk about movies, we talk, wait, I didn't say pop culture, we do the pop culture thing, we talk about movies, we talk about TV shows, we talk about games, and we try and put a positive spin on things. We've had enough negative Nelly nonsense in the discourse, so we're here to put that right, that's what we're doing. Lawrence, I'm wondering, are you ever going to be able to do the intro without just completely panicking, and then just saying, like, whatever comes into your head, and just, you know waffling for a little bit it's not so much a panic it's more just a kind of like i i find a roundabout way to get there but i've never wrote it down it's never scripted so i'm always just kind of trying to pull it from memory i think everyone can tell you've never wrote it down (laughs) i certainly can yeah but you've heard it i mean i guess they've heard it as well that's the point of recording it i guess yeah We, we Yeah. we can all tell like should we do away with it do we still need it what do you mean do we still need it well it's it's a People know. They can look at the back catalogue. It's got, like, hairspray and other stuff in it. Like, they pop, pop, pop culture, they get it. Oh, here's a new podcast talking about, I don't know, Scream 3. I love Scream 3. I'm going to listen to this podcast. Wonder what it's about. Too bad the hosts will never tell me. <laughs> yeah, I guess, saying that, the podcast doesn't really have a name that suggests anything movie or TV or games, does it? It's Every just podcast pod. is someone's first podcast. It's always nice <laughs> to do a little introduction to let them know and feel welcome. It's a staple, it's branding, it's letting you know that you're here, you're safe, and you're at home with friends. You're never safe when you're with us. You're, you're not in safe hands. We're all over the shop. Sorry if that's not how they do it on Mate Sense, the podcast <laughs> hosted by two dickheads, I hear. Oh, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be like this. Yeah, well, I will. That's what, that's what happens when you disparage my podcast. I'll disparage yours. <laughs> hang on, hang on. This is also my podcast. Well... We'll see about that. Nathan, are you prepared for possibly a longer episode, given that our Rebels episode was like two and and a half hours or something insane? I mean, yeah, but to be fair, we did talk about four seasons of TV. 
We're talking about one here, and it's eight episodes long. So yeah, but Star Wars. We always go over on Star Wars because we end up chatting about stuff, and we'll probably talk about a bit about Rebels. I imagine so, but I never know how to talk about these series. Like, do we? we I don't. I hate talking about them like episode by episode because I feel like it. There's no. There's no point breaking it down to that degree. Like, where do you want to start with this? I don't know, really. There's um, <laughs> there's a lot, lots of places we can start. Why don't you tell me how much you hated it, first of all? <laughs> I, you, you still have this opinion of me that I just hate all Star Wars. I liked Rebels quite a lot. I, I was the one that made the podcast two and a half hours because I, I demanded we talk about every spare inch of it. Yeah, it's not quite true, but yeah. I, I like most of Rebels. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I oh, I don't know. I, I I like this. I like this quite a bit. I think it's it the best analogy I can use. And when I say best, I mean the only one that I can think of. And it's still not that great. Is like a sandwich of. Okay. I wasn't a fan at first. Okay. I got really into it in the middle, and I don't actually know. I don't even want to say I didn't like the end because I don't. I have questions for you when we get to the end because there's some stuff that I think I'm not fully clued in on and that's that's it that's a case of the show you know directing itself more at some hardcore fans which is not a problem i'm just not that person so i'd i, I have questions so okay. actually the sandwich analogy falls apart <laughs> essentially was this all filling for you was this no no stale crust to keep on the sandwich i don't understand your sandwich metaphor i don't <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i'm saying i don't know what you're asking me just take a stab in the dark it was it all filling. But I don't know what that means. <laughs> Have I not clearly expressed the, the parameters of the sandwich metaphor? I don't know what you're saying. I don't know <laughs> what this sandwich is. Lawrence, shut up with your sandwich, all right? I obviously enjoyed this show. It's something I've been waiting for um, for, for quite a while. I know the characters. I love the characters. I was excited to see... Uh, somewhat of a continuation of Rebels, not exactly, but it's picking up on some of these characters again uh, and diving into some more weird mystical force shit, which I always enjoy, and that's that's something that I was pretty sure was coming, and I was right, so, yeah. <laughs> Did you have a strong opinion on... Because like you say, it's it does continue with the character of Rebels. This is the first time we've seen them outside of the TV show Rebels since it ended. Incorrect. Um, false. Is it? Is it? Yes, that is false. Well, for some of them. Anyway. Are you saying we saw Zeb in Mando 3? No, because we didn't see Zeb in Ahsoka. So. Uh, Hera is in Star Wars Squadrons. That is... Is that the game? Yeah, it's a game. Um, and that's pretty much it. Okay, so outside of that one obscure game, that I did, did many people play Squadrons? A few. And what, what, what was she? Was she like the, the flight commander that gave you missions? Yeah, she was just a supporting character. Okay, right. So uh, the first time of substance that we've seen these characters again. Did you have like any strong opinions on it moving from animation to live action? Where did you land on all of that stuff? No, no. I it's it's for me it's one medium to another. Like it, I I don't understand why some people are like either there, there seems to be two opposite ends of the field. Like it's either the second coming of Jesus or it's like the worst thing ever. And like. Yeah. For me, I don't care. Like, uh, sh sure, it is great to see things I know and love from live action be given a sense of legitimacy and that they're now being presented to a, a wider audience because it's just a, a fa matter of fact that more people will watch this than an animated show. Um, yeah. So it is it is nice to see that sort of stuff. 
Um, but also, I'm not like, finally, live action, now they're real. But then I'm not also <laughs> like, why are they not animated? Like, the, like whatever. Either way is fine for me. If this is someone's first podcast, like you said, Nathan is a diehard Star Wars fan. Very much so enjoys Star Wars. Um, more yeah. than like, it's all right. more than the average person, I would say. No, <laughs> shut up. It's okay. You no, know that's a lie. No, it's, a, it's pretty okay. <laughs> but you, you, so like, I guess it's no different to you as like a jump from like a movie to a book, a movie to like a comic book or like a live, a live action to anything else. Like it's, you're, you're used to it, like searching outside of like, I guess, widely accepted mediums for content on these characters. So I guess. Oh yeah, like I was, said, I was, I'm familiar with these characters from all different mediums. Like, yeah, I I don't ever just prefer one over the other. You know, there's they they come from a whole range of different mediums, and and no matter which one, it's always fun to see them show up. Do you think there's ever anything like lost in an animation to like live action thing? Because obviously, you can like we've always said, animation you can do stuff that you just simply can't do in like a live action setting the thing with animation and particularly rebels rebels is a heavily stylized show like yeah. it's got a certain art style which isn't necessarily true to life so like when you bring these characters into live action yeah of course they're gonna look a little bit different because that's humans you know and people don't look like that so it, it's just a, a matter of fact that they are and things are going to look different. If I can look at Count Dooku in the Clone Wars with his like big long <laughs> face and whatever. So like, think things are going to change and look different. I'm I'm completely fine with that. That's yeah. They're the character to me. So it's it's not like something like I don't need the character to look fucking identical to they did in the animated version. They get. I think they get pretty fucking close with some of these castings, though. To be fair, it, like yeah, they get they get good enough. Like uh, at no point am I like, oh, that's not. Thrawn, that's not Ahsoka, that's not Sabine, or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I think, uh, more so for me for Ezra as well. Like, Ezra and Sabine I think are, like, so one-to-one one -one with their animation counterparts, and obviously they're both not the voice actors, I don't think. So it's it's pretty fucking impressive, like, how well they managed, how well they managed to kind of make you just go, these are the same characters, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, you know, it, they're just here. Like you get you get other stuff that I'd imagine people have been fucking clambering for for a long time, which is like Hayden in his Clone Wars armor and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So they 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 don't fall short of making you think that these characters are still the characters that we've spent. Uh, was it five seasons of Rebels or four seasons? Of four seasons of Rebels. Yeah. Four seasons of Rebels with. Um. All right. Well, then kind of. What are your overall opinions having seen the full show? Yeah, really good, really good. I, I love delving into mystical force shit. Uh, I love it when things get weird, um, so I'm all about that. I love character development, learning more about the characters that we know and love. I love some good action, some good, you know, um, some good lightsaber drills and that sort of stuff. So mm. overall... Pretty, pretty good stuff. You know me. I'm. I, you, you, your favorite thing to say is that I'm far more cynical than you. Like because you are. So, that's yeah, I, yeah. That's, that's just the truth. <laughs> it is the truth. But like, so like anyone that's heard this podcast, I am not so much like. I, I like Star Wars. I'm I'm far more of a, like I feel I find myself repeating this all the fucking time. But for anyone that is new, I'm 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 less interested than Nathan. I still like Star Wars, but like. I haven't read any of the books. I there's I haven't seen I've I've seen an extremely minor section of the Clone Wars. Um I've seen all of Rebels, but that was only not until like 2 months ago or whatever. 
Um, so like a lot of my way in on Star Wars TV shows has been these live actions because uh, like Nathan said, they do find a wider audience. I, I don't know why. I guess it's just live action bias. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is that is true. That does absolutely yeah. does exist. Yeah. Um. So like my my big enjoyments, the my main two standouts have been like Andor and Mando season one, which I'm a massive fan of. Um, going into this, I was like, like I was excited because I, I wanted to know how Ezra was coming back, and I, I was excited to see like Thrawn was a character I really, really enjoyed in Rebels, and I was excited to see him come back, and I like that they keep they 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 keep that Rebels theme alive. I think quite nicely in this show. Um, how like most of the show is people just ignoring commands, <laughs> like, yeah, doing that. Like if the even even they've they've won the war. Right. They were they were, you know, the original point of rebels is they're rebelling against the empire. But now they've won the war. They're still rebelling against the new republic. The yeah. new republic are like there's a lot of a, a bunch of kind of bureaucracy and a bunch of bullshit, like a, a bunch of kind of pen, pencil pushers that are like stopping them doing certain things. And they're just like, whatever. Sabine has like no respect for a chain of command. The way they just kind of they bend the rules, but not to the point of breaking them, especially when it comes to like. But basically, there is nothing that will stop them being there for their mates, which I which carries over really nicely. And and I yeah, it was a theme of the show that I really really enjoyed. What, what did you think of it overall then? Because it sounds like you're dancing around the fact that there's a lot of stuff you didn't like. I have a weird relationship with this show. I think because I I really enjoyed it. Like genuinely, I found myself kind of like watching a couple of episodes, and like a lot of the times, like Mando season three is the perfect example. I trudged through it. And to like towards the end, the last day it was before we had to record the podcast on it, I just kind of was like, oh, I'm going to watch all of this. And then I, I didn't really enjoy it all that much. Whereas this, I found myself like actively wanting to put on the next episode. I found the first two episodes a bit not the best for me. And that's I, I don't I don't think Dave Filoni as a live action director has a lot of source <laughs> yet. As, as an animation director, I respect him immensely. I think the stuff he's been able to do, and as a writer, I think he's quite competent filling out a lot of space. But I just, I'm not entirely sold on what he brings to the table as a live action director. Um, I found the first couple of episodes quite slow. And then like episode three, I was from I was on board. Like I was proper into it, really, really excited. I think I watched like four episodes in a night. Um, just like turn the lights off in my living room, had a little backlight on my TV. I was really in the zone. And then the ending, I felt just kind of like it focused on some stuff I didn't fully understand. So I can't say I didn't like it. I just think it, for me, as an audience member, I was kind of like, oh, okay. But like, I didn't, there's no part of this I didn't like. I, I found everything that was happening quite interesting. I just think some of the presentation of it um, was, you know, not to put it all on Dave Filoni, there are other people that directed certain episodes that I was a bit like, oh, I wish they could have done something a bit crazier here. I'm used to seeing these characters, like we say, in animation being a bit larger than life. So to see some of them quite as, I don't really want to offend anyone, but they're not listening to this. But like some, some of the performances take a while to get into, I think, for me. Do you have an example? Uh, the Rosario Dawson, mainly. Um, and um, again, these are characters that like past the second episode mark, third episode mark. I really found my footing with them a lot more. Um, so I think it is a direction thing. I don't want to talk ill of the actors because Rosario Dawson's been in some phenomenal stuff and I really enjoy her. Um, I don't know the actress that plays Sabine, but I, I quite enjoyed her character after like the episode two mark. Um, you, you care less about this kind of stuff, don't you? You've said that before, I think. 
What do you mean I care less about it? Well, you, like last episode as well, you were like cinematography, that kind of shit. Like it, it's not the most important. You 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 prefer a story over a like a super clean presentation, right? Yeah, because yeah, I'm watching a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you, like, you, you, that's the point. You, I can find a fault with that because you, you're watching it. So like, what you watch, you want it to look good and and yeah, feel cool. But like when I'm reading a book, I don't give a shit how it looks. Yeah, but that's a book. That's, that's a different like it's a different medium. Yeah, but like even if like a film was like shit, I can still forgive it and enjoy. And if it's a good story, then I can enjoy the story. Like yeah, presentation is not be all and end all for me. Like it's no, no, for, for yeah. some people, like you. Um, <laughs> I've just said I like mo- more of this than I don't. <laughs> I just I find it packaged weirdly. Um, especially when Dave Filoni is directing it. That's that's you're really going thing. in on Dave. All right, what's your beef with Dave? You're right. I'm tiptoeing around this. I have notes. Shall I read them? Yes, please. I think he doesn't have any concept of when to cut something. I think he okay. he enjoys Star Wars to the point of excess where there is so much left in the episode that I don't need to see. Like I know um everyone kind of had a little laugh about how like the, every seeing every step of the puzzle door opening in episode 1, like seeing every step Ahsoka takes to walk up a some sort of structure. Um I just find sometimes there's a difference between slow paced and just a bit dull after a while. Like I think tension should be palpable and a lot of the time it's like empty silence like the conversations don't bounce off the screen they just kind of like they stand there and a lot of the time when they're talking to each other they're just standing there and i think back to like andor conversations he had with like his mum in like high intensity scenarios like they were pacing around they were using the space and i think that a lot of that again i keep saying this but like in the earlier episodes i think it was just missing and it felt I, i was engaged in what was going on like you say it's presentation is not the be all and end all i was engaged in the story but i just wish it popped a little bit more than it did okay <laughs> i'm not i'm not fighting you what do you think i'm, I'm not i'm not saying you are stop getting <laughs> defensive i'm not getting defensive <laughs> um okay do you, do you have like any examples other than like the the thingy sequence the puzzle sequence or whatever uh yeah right so the in episode two yeah i think it's episode two um might be the first one i'm not sure uh, there's like a moment where like a bomb is about to go off in Sabine's hand. I think I, I don't know. If it's not a, just a one for one bomb, but something's about to explode. Or it's something. a it's a droid's head that she's reprogramming. But if she like reprograms yes. it wrong, it will explode. Yeah, that's that's the moment. Yes. Um, and they're in like the little hospital place. She's recovering. And I just feel like there's like a countdown almost to like a bomb going off. Like the, the tension is supposed to be building, but like no one seems concerned. Everyone is just stood there like, well, I guess if it goes off, it goes off. And it's like, I, I just, I just, it, it lacked that, like, I, I, you know, you know that the age old thing is like, if it doesn't look like anyone cares, it's hard to care yourself. Yeah. That's, that's where I was at with it. And I don't want this to be all negative. So I want to get these complaints out of the way and talk about the stuff I enjoyed. Um, I, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> how do I say this? Um, were you watching the scene? Yes. <laughs> okay. Then <laughs> you didn't notice professor not professor uh you didn't notice young being like sabine what are you doing sabine that's gonna go if that explodes we're all gonna die sabine i don't want you did you not notice the note of panic and tone in in huyang yeah but like move the camera like give me some music give me some sound effects give me some tension like 
have have the actors move around the space in panic. It's just everyone was stood still. Like I, I understand vocally, they're all going, you know, like they're feeling the panic vocally, but like no one, it doesn't feel expressed. Like even now, just talking, I'm moving my hands, and no one was doing that. Okay. Like, I, you have a you have a way of making it sound like these are minor things. Like direction <laughs> is important in a scene to I'm, make it I, feel alive. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm I'm not saying your point is bad or whatever. I'm I'm not saying anything like that. If that's how you felt. Fair enough. Didn't bother me. Didn't notice it at all. Fair enough. You come at things from much more of a filmmaking perspective than I do, because okay. that's what you like. That's what you're interested in. And I, I also like that, and I can appreciate good filmmaking. That's not why I'm coming to Star Wars, though. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean so, that's fair. That is yeah. completely fair. All right, you said at the like in the beginning of this, one of the main things you you love is like these characters, and like you were keen for this this show, and it, it how it accelerated like some of the character growth and everything. Is there a particular character you want to talk about? Uh, the titular character of the show, Ahsoka, Ahsoka show. Yeah. So I was most excited to see Ahsoka and see what we can learn more about her and see how she can grow because you know this is like adult milf ahsoka like it's not someone we've spent a whole lot of time <laughs> with really and yeah. the bulk of our time with ahsoka has been like when she was a kid essentially um yeah we did get some stuff in rebels not a huge amount and she was a little bit older than then um but like this is our first time really fully diving into older ahsoka so i was interested to see you know how how everything has affected her how you know the war and everything that's happened with anakin and vader and all this sort of stuff um, mm. So I was interested to see how all of that played out. It's I think it's interesting to say that you said that like you was unimpressed with like Rosario's Dawson Rosario Dawson's performance, and you felt like she was up to a point anyway. She was quite like reserved and you know held back and stuff. And and I I, I would agree, but I think that's the point though. I f I feel like the character is supposed to be reserved and not opening up and very. Um, very closed off in the first few episodes, and it's only when she goes in between the worlds and the, the world between worlds, and she has the the uh, the lessons with her master that she's able to open up and and be like her more of herself again. I I get that. Like uh, half about halfway through the second episode, I I did check myself thinking that like, hang on, the this is not Ahsoka from the Clone Wars. This is even even in Rebels, she does appear far more stoic and a bit more like mature if, if that's yeah. the right word for it um so I, I like i say i don't want to knock her acting i, I just I, there are moments i think she wasn't directed the best and it could have been a bit i i think it could have been improved from like this sounds nasty to dave but like some more capable hands at the helm if that makes sense you really don't like dave do you you really don't like dave <laughs> it's not that i don't like dave i just like he, he's got like the keys of 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 you know like a lot of money and these characters that mean a lot to people and like i'm in the minority when i say that like this character doesn't mean as much to me as it does to you and if you're happy then you know what's the fucking crime but like i don't know there's just like i feel like there's certain things he could do more interestingly but i don't want to knock him because like i can't fucking do it i haven't been i'm not a director i haven't been given <laughs> the money for this and i probably couldn't do it better um and i do think over time he will like because he wasn't like Mando season one, one of the first directing bits he did for live action. It was the first, yeah. Yeah, so like he's obviously, he's still new to this live action thing. And it's probably very different when you started with animation to move on to this. Um, yeah. You probably feel the limits a lot harder than you would because animation, literally anything is possible. Um, but you're, you're right, with, with Ahsoka, like, 
I do think it was intentional. And I, I, I quite like that her performance does shift. She seems a little bit more carefree after the, you know, you get the like she chooses to live moment with Anakin. Um, and it, it is almost like kind of, kind of her letting go of all of that pent up, <laughs> like stress she's put on herself. Mm. Um, and having that, um, yeah, she just seems more carefree, which I, which I quite liked. I, I, I really liked the the flashback episode with Ahsoka. Not flashback, but <clears throat> where you saw hints of her as a as a child in the Clone Wars. The World Between Worlds episode. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I really, really like that. I think, like, it, it's, it's, it was... I, I can't remember who the actress is. I know she's doing a lot of stuff. She's I know she was young Gamora in Endgame. I know she was in Barbie, the girl that plays the younger Ahsoka. But I also think... I, I saw someone on Twitter say this, and I, and I really agreed. Um, I know that Ahsoka was a child soldier, a soldier in Clone Wars. But like, I do think the animation maybe hid that a little bit, not intentionally, but it's harder to kind of grasp an age. I do think in live action, when you see a child around these muscular clones that are like a lot taller than her, she sticks out like a sore thumb and you really, you feel that weight a bit more. Yeah. It makes you realize that these are literally children fighting a war for, Mm. and for what as well. So yeah, for, for, for Palpatine to just, fucking run around and kid everyone because he was he was fucking solid whoever won right like he didn't need anyone in particular to win yeah he, he's literally in charge of both sides yeah so like <laughs> fucking hell yeah for the chess yeah exactly out. so doesn't matter um, to him yeah exactly so he's just happy to let you know the slaughtering commence mm. i um i you I, she questions that as well like i like how there is this theme of like changing with the times um and like that's kind of most expressed in this episode i think um where she's like you know anakin was like i was trained to be a keeper of the peace i'm training you to be a warrior and she's like i don't want just that like is that it like that's that's not all this is surely what do you think about that in terms of like the whole theme of a lot of the theme of the show being like the jedi have to move on you have to change with the times like that's part of balon's character as well i think so it's interesting yeah um i i really like the the whole thing with anakin and the lessons he's trying to teach her um in the world between worlds and stuff i like the you know the moments we get where he like he's you know walking off into the dust and then it flickers between him and vader and stuff and it's sort of like and she's literally watching him walk off down that path after he's just told her to come with him and it's like if this is the path she continues down is that what's destined for her as well is this how things are are gonna end up for ahsoka and she kind of like has to come to terms with no she's not her master she is different and she hasn't made the the same mistakes and that type of stuff so yeah i I think all that stuff was was really well done and yeah like you say ahsoka trying to come to terms with like moving on and uh not like moving on and forgetting, but like moving on and carrying the past with you still. Like, I think coming to terms with it is probably the best way to like kind of say it, I guess. Yeah, probably. Um, I, I like that. I really like that kind of visual metaphor of like, yeah, because I, I forgot about that. And it's an interesting point of view where he does say like, follow me, come on. Yeah. And then like the, the path he walks obviously is the path she could have taken, but chose not to think. The heavens. Um, Side note, Hayden, fucking incredible. Oh my god! Oh, he's yeah. so so fucking. It is amazing that we ever fucking disparage this actor for for mm. any reason. Because what watching his performance in this show, fucking phenomenal, man. 
so note perfect at every point. He was so good. The way he like flicks on a dime between Anakin and Darth Vader as well, like in in how people would perceive it. Yeah, I think he's like you're right. How the fuck he ever kind of got stick because he dared to try a different style of performance, like something less focused on uh, vocal range and more kind of concerned with physicality and and. I think it's purely a case of he didn't necessarily have the best director working yeah. with him. He 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 had someone who was much more interested in uh, the the technology and the the story rather than the actual performance itself. Yeah. Um. And I still think he shines in Revenge of the Sith. Though. I still think he's phenomenal in it. It it does at moments, but there's still awkward moments. You know? Yeah, I think Attack of the Clones is his crime. Revenge of the Sith, I'm I'm a lot more forgiving on. I think he's pretty good in that movie. Crime is a bit um, strong, but okay. <laughs> no, like there's some there's some line deliveries that you know, it's it's yeah, it's, but there is for everyone. No in that, there is for you and McGregor in that yeah, movie as well. So one of my not to spoil one of my little things, uh, but my one of my notes is um, <clears> no one moves like Hayden. I genuinely think he is up there with like. I know you've got like Ray Park and everything, like who is you know the best at flips and stuff, but like when it comes to someone who plays the character and there's no, he doesn't play a part of Anakin, he plays all of Anakin. Um, yeah. I think he's one of Star Wars's best physical performers. Like he feels like a threat with a blade in his hand. I don't think he's ever gone more than probably six months without picking up a lightsaber and just swinging it around like even just in his home yeah. like even during like the fucking 15 years or whatever where he wasn't doing any star wars like he was he had to just be picking up that lightsaber and just swinging it around his back and something because he's so good man yeah yeah like, i think he just kept it up like one day i'm gonna get this cool and then you know 2023 he gets like i don't know eight of those calls uh, he's, he's been back a, a bit now isn't he but he was in um What's he come back in recently? Uh, three times, technically. He was in uh, Rise of Skywalker, Kenobi, and oh yes, yeah. Oh yes, he said like he had a, he had a quick line or something in Rise of Skywalker, didn't he? Restore the balance, Ray, as I did. There we go. No, I, I think he's brilliant. I, I, it's always happy to see him. Um, and I guess like I don't know. As, it's as, weird as, as well a, that like one of the ongoing jokes is that Matt Lanter and Hayden Christensen always sound so different in their performances as anakin but then like not really anymore <laughs> like yeah um, <laughs> like th this version of hayden it's like i don't know he's clearly been watching some clone wars because like he's really putting uh bringing some of uh matt lanter's performance into it as well i think so he sounds a lot more chilled and a bit more casual like yeah with a lot he's, of stuff he's he got says. a lot more of that like uh that anakin charm that uh that matt lanter had yeah, I think because he, f I think Matt Lanter found a balance between it, and he was like, he he said, and I think in the mm. build up to Obi Wan, in a lot of the press stuff, he was like, yeah, I've been watching what this character's been up to since I've not been playing him. Yeah. Um. So I I like that he's kept up with it, and you're right, I do think he finds a way to honor both performances because how long was it that it was Anakin was just Matt Lanter for a while, right? Um, well, he's been he's he still plays the character. He's been playing it for over 10, 15 years at this point. So yeah, yeah. So he's probably locked in more hours than Hayden has. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, great, great, great performance from him. Always happy to see um Anakin come back as well. And I, I guess this pairing and in the armor was good. Yeah, he does look good. And they changed his little hair up for it as well. Made it yeah. a bit more short. Um. Was it was it good to see 
Hayden with an Ahsoka <laughs> in whatever form it takes. <laughs> it was, yeah. I saw like people taking like the piss out of it, saying that like, oh, you know, like people are nostalgic for Anakin and Ahsoka, but it's not this Anakin or this Ahsoka. Like it's, you know, we're nostalgic for uh, Matt Lanter and Ash uh, Crossan, um, not, but but these two characters have never really met. But then that's like, I mean. Yeah, but that's such a fucking negative way to look at things because, like, it's the characters we're excited about, not the fucking actor in the makeup or whatever. Like, that's yeah. that's such a, like... It's depressing they can't see past that. Yeah, it's such a defeatist way to look at things. And if that's how you are looking at it, then, like, that's just boring. Like, <laughs> grow up. I don't know. I, I, that kind of stuff pisses me off because it's just... It just seems like complaining for complaining's sake. Yeah, it, it was great. It was great. And they they both worked well together. They had fucking great chemistry. Anakin was like perfect with the banner, calling her snips and the little fun little jabs and that sort of stuff. It was it was great. Mm. And I like that like you were always kind of um especially in that episode, you were always kind of on edge with Anakin. Like there it was banter and then so quickly it you realised the vibe changed. And like, I guess that's kind of how Ahsoka feels as well, because there there was a moment where Anakin was just a different person to her. It was um, very funny when um, <laughs> she was like, when she said something to the effect of like, well, I just kind of like basically hinted at the fact that he was Vader and did a lot of shit. And then he, Anakin just said, is that what this is about? As if like he didn't just slaughter kids. And it's like, oh, come on. You, you can't forget about that? Like, you're still hung up on that? Like, as if you didn't commit, you know, the biggest atrocities in the galaxy. Yeah. I like that. What, oh, so you, you might be able to help with this. Is that I think like, I think I caught a callback when he says, um, when, when he raises his lightsaber to her and he says like, you, you know, you live or you die. That's the lesson. Uh, and she says, I don't want to fight you. And he says, I've heard that before. Was that him being like yeah. when he was Darth Vader and they fought in Rebels? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. I thought it was. And I was like, pretty knobby to bring that up. It's a pretty sad moment for her. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, no, I, I loved his performance. Um, speaking of my favorite performance, I think, is is Ezra. I think the person... Do you know the name of the actor that played Ezra? Imanus Fandi. He is Ezra. Yeah. Like, there's he's... just no... He's like so he, fucking good. Yeah. Again, no, no, perfect with him on. He 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 picks up the character perfectly. That moment, um, when they like get surrounded by the night troopers, him and Sabine, and he's just like, wait, wait, maybe you can take us with you. Like that's Ezra. Come on, man. Yeah. I think I think it was brilliant. And like this is this is what I was uh, maybe what I was getting at earlier, but not really landing the point. Like they. As a as like a port over character from animation to live action, this is perfect because he feels. I, I understand it's easier with Ezra because he is the rebels goofball, right? Like he is the silliest one. Um, but like the whimsy of animation and like the characterization was so present. Like he felt silly and a bit larger than life, but never felt. It didn't feel like it was unnatural. It didn't feel like he was playing up a comedy bit. It felt like he was just a sillier character. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I fuck it. I think he was genuinely like it, when you think about it for a second. Like that is as a as a man who is let's be honest, probably in his late twenties. That guy. Like oh, I think he's a lot older than that. Really? Do you think like what like, the 30, actor? You reckon? The actor? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. Ezra would be. What's Ezra supposed to be in this? Like thirty? <sighs> uh, 
He was born on Empire Day, so he's he's the same age as Luke, so he's like probably not even thirty yet. Hold on, like mid to late twenties. Well, it's it's hard to tell because we don't like this is either five or seven years after Return of the Jedi. They haven't necessarily made it quite clear, um, okay. but yeah, he's, he's probably like early thirties. Okay, well, like when you consider like like the task on that actor, whose only reference point for this character is when he's younger and more immature. Yeah, like he's got to bring that character to live action, which is already a jump that enough people are going to scrutinise his performance for. Yeah. And then find a way to make him seem more mature, but also somewhat, like, a bit stuck in the past because he hasn't spoken to anyone properly for, like, ten years or whatever. So it's his like, little turtle friends. Yeah, he's got his little uh, little turtle friends, which yeah. are quite cool. Um, but no, I just think, like, it, it was good to see him. Like, he's, he, you know, he's doing all the stuff that Ezra does. You know, like, the Force is my ally. And then happily picking up a blaster and just steaming through people. That was very fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I did like him fighting with just the Force, though. That was very cool. It was cool. It's also you don't see it, like I know we've had those moments like Ray stops Kylo's blade in uh, Rise of the Skywalker, but they're still in a lightsaber duel. Yeah. Whereas he was just fully like weaving and ducking and everything. That's also a very Vader move, stopping the lightsaber with just the hand. He does that a lot. Oh yeah, he did that in Kenobi as well, didn't he? I think he does it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves it. Um, but yeah, I just he's always ready for a little plan or a scheme. I, I it was good to see. Mm. The, uh, maybe you cheered in the in the last episode like I did. Um, what when he put it's on good. the, the stormtrooper? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very rebels. <laughs> so rebels. We're going to infiltrate an imperial. Yeah, we're going to infiltrate an imperial ship and we'll put on a stormtrooper outfit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said like <laughs> why they didn't just keep a spare couple of sets in 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 the was it the ghost the ship? Yeah. Yeah, like why they didn't just have a cupboard full of them. They had to get them fresh every time. It's insane. Um, but yeah, no, I just think he was genuinely, he just brought such, it was almost a shame that it took a, quite a few episodes to get to him. I think like episode five is when we meet him, maybe six. Uh, yeah, six. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of, I, that's my, like one of my things is just I wish we got to him sooner because he was, he was exactly what I was looking for, like a yeah. great medium place between live action and animation where he felt more alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, I, I really, really liked him. I thought he was great. Yeah, I did too. He was he was really good again. I, I, he just he nailed the character absolutely perfectly. Even like when we see him in the hologram in the very first episode, you know, on, in Sabine's hologram and he's like doing the, like, the awkward little head scratch that Ezra does a lot when he's like not quite sure of himself. He... He just nails it. He's really good. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, do you want to talk about Balon and Shin? No, I want to talk about David Tennant. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know nothing about this character, correct? Yes, correct. So how did you find him? I, I quite liked him. I felt like, like C-3PO, he was pleasantly annoying. Um, <laughs> okay. In a, in a way that is, I can only describe as I did enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I quite enjoyed how... He was mostly protocol, but every now and again the mask slipped, and he does really care about his crewmates and everything. Mm. Um, I, 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 yeah, I thought he was warm, and obviously David Tennant, like he brings a natural charm to anything he touches. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I really liked him, but yeah, so what's he been in outside of this? He's he's only in Clone Wars. He's only his only on screen appearance has been in um one episode arc of the Clone Wars, so just four episodes. Okay. Um, where he was he David Tennant? He was David Tennant, yeah, um, yeah, and he was um, just 
Well, he was doing what he does. He was a droid who went with a group of younglings and Ahsoka to Ilum so they could um, get their kyber crystals for their lightsabers. Um, and it's a it's a very good little story arc. Yeah, I think he was like he played a good part in the in the series like progression as well because like yeah so he, so often the droid is written as like <clears> you know the, the 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 plot device to make a ship start or make a plot thing happen. Um, yeah, but he I think he served a lot of like a lot of the quieter moments with Ahsoka and he was like talking about his perception of like his time in the Jedi Academy and like training people yeah um, or not tra- sorry not training but like helping younglings with not their training. lightsaber construction and he's, all of this he does training as well he's done training oh yeah i know mean, he trained he was training with sabine at one point as well yeah yeah um, exactly. i i yeah i really really liked um how he was a constant reminder of like a lot of the times people were like this isn't how the jedi do it this is yeah. not a jedi protocol and ahsoka was like dude <laughs> i don't i don't care yeah <laughs> Um, so I, I found him quite pleasant, but like he obviously didn't stick to protocol when it mattered. Um, yeah, which which I really enjoyed. I felt like he was just a warm addition to the cast. I think he was. He's a lot of fun. I like him. I'm, yeah, I'm glad he's there. And I'm glad he didn't die. I was always worried that he was going to die. They could just put him back together. What wasn't he? Didn't he say at one point the amount of like original parts he is? At some, I think he said that. Uh, I'm not wrong? sure to be honest. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I. I, I Maybe I'm misremembering it, but he might be talking about mm. Chopper or another droid or something. Actually, saying that Chopper, let's talk about Chopper. Oh, Chopper! Chopper's great. Chopper can do no wrong. Like he's, <laughs> the only I, the only thing with Chopper is I would just love to have seen more of him because it's it's Chopper. So like yeah. the fucking biggest war criminal in the galaxy. Of course, I want to see more of that insane little fucking astromech. We we spoke about this off the pod as well, so we'll, I'll, I'll rehash it uh, just quickly. Um, one of the things that is so good about Chopper as well, like, is because he's a droid. In this show, he's a droid that was, you know, conceptualized in animation and brought into live action. Mm. Um, he's got. He he is a more expressive. Is he an astromech? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a more expressive astromech than like an R two because R two pretty much has his voice and the way he waddles to yeah. communicate. Um, whereas um, Chopper has his little arms, his silly little wheel, uh, yeah. his his like lid kind of like moves about depending yeah. on how pissed off he is. Yeah. Um, and these were all things in animation because mm-hmm. you have to communicate more. Yeah, like it's you you have to animate him doing stuff. He can't just be stood still. Well, you have a character um, who doesn't talk, uh, well, yeah. who doesn't speak like we speak. So like, yeah, you have to. That's a challenge you have to get around to still communicate what he's saying and doing and stuff basically. Yeah, and I think like bringing it over here because his design was already done. He had the little arms and the wheel and stuff. It was yeah. just more fun for uh, a practical and I'd assume some visual effects departments to play around with. Yeah, um, yeah, just just a good laugh. Um, and like, bum, bum, bum. he, yeah, he, he, and that's the thing as well. Like you, mm. you said, it's Dave Filoni voicing him, right? I believe so. Yeah, so voiced him in Rebels, and it sounded the exact same. So I'd imagine so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I like that he like some of the stuff he says where like it sounds like he's arguing back it's the exact cadence of like certain yeah. sassy comments that you'd hear in like you, you, you know, can like, almost like write down what he's saying you you you'd be able yeah. to like fucking say like figure out exactly what he is actually saying back yeah which i think is just it, it's fun it's a different yeah. way of doing a, a droid like this um and yeah uh yeah i think that was my thing as well I, that, that kind of ties on to a point about Hera as well. I, w- I wish um, Hera did a bit more in this show. I know that she's because she's obviously with Chopper for most of it and Jason yeah. as well. Um, 
I, I, my only thing with her is I found like whenever the cool stuff was happening, she was like either in a meeting or like on her way there, but late. Mm. Um, which was like I still liked her, and I think um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is 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 good and fits naturally into that role. Yeah. Um, but um, as much as I enjoy her telling like politicians to get fucked, it, it, there were points where I was like, oh, I wanted to see her like fucking get down into it and shoot some people and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can't say I disagree. Yeah, I'd love to have seen more Hera as well, but yeah, it's probably yeah. coming as well. It's probably like, is, is there a season two of this? I'd imagine there has to be. Well, it's it's there's it's building up to a movie at some point. You don't quite know when. Oh yeah, isn't this Dave Filoni's Heir to the Empire movie? Yeah, yeah. It's not. I don't think it's going to be called Heir to the Empire, but yeah, it's. Uh, it'll, it'll be dealing with Thrawn and his threat, though. Yeah, sure. yeah, of course. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see more Hera. I'd love to see more Jason as well. I really enjoyed seeing Jason because obviously in Rebels, we only get the little fucking two seconds of him at the end looking like some hideous fucking monster. Um, <laughs> I don't like his green hair. I think he looks weird. I like, his, his, I like his green hair. I like his little green hair. It's cute. <laughs> um, I, I, it's, it's I, great... I know why, because hair is green. But like, how's that <laughs> manifested in his hair? Well, how's, how's any of this? Like, fuck out. <laughs> The little droid who's got arms and he's a war criminal. Like, fucking hell. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Right. <laughs> There's a big blue man walking around. I'm like, fucking hell. Are you oh, worried about is... this kid's hair? Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm actively worried is the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love the, the fucking moment, like, where um, Ahsoka is, you know, in the world between worlds and, like, he's just listening out to the waves and he's like, can you hear the lightsabers and that sort of stuff? And. Yeah, he's force sensitive clearly because of who his daddy is. So, like, mm. who's who's going to teach him? Is is Luke going to teach him? Is Ahsoka going to teach him? What's what's going to happen? Is he going to get taught, or is Hera going to say absolutely fucking not? Like, yeah, who who knows? True. Yeah, yeah, because she also she was like quick to shrug him off a little bit in certain things. Um, well, he did he did say to her like, "Is Aunt Sabine trying to be a Jedi? I want to be a Jedi," and she's like, "I know you do. I know." Yeah, that's cute. Shush, yeah. shush now. <laughs> no, I know. Mummy's flying the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mummy's taking you on this dangerous mission with the Rebel Alliance. Shush now. <laughs> yeah, is that not good enough? This is better than I was doing at this age. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, I, 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 I am excited for his future yeah. and where he's going to go. Um, uh, speaking of, um, of Kanan as well, I was kind of, I liked the. The, when he was brought up, I found like uh, the the actor that plays Ezra. I keep forgetting his name. Apologies. But, um, yeah, Iman. He was like, I found there was a lovely warmthness when he spoke of Kanan. It was very. It, 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 I felt like his the character was honoured quite well. But I'm so glad we didn't see him come back. That death meant quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, for the character, so I'm glad that he wasn't like. That at one point, there was a masked figure with that was a lightsaber wielder. And I was like, I swear to God, please don't do this. <laughs> I thought it could be for a second. Oh, you thought Maroc could be Kanan? Yeah. I, well, I didn't know. He was a lightsaber wielder and he had a disguised voice and a helmet. And normally in Star Wars, that's a thing. That's, Every, that's something. Everyone was saying that was going to be Starkiller. You know, like Sam Witwer's character from The Force Unleashed. What? Yeah, that's what everyone was saying. Why the fuck saying. would it have been Starkiller? <laughs> I don't fucking know, but you know what people that's... are like. Am I stupid, or does that that doesn't make any sense to normal people, right? Um, so no, because like the Maroc was like was clearly an inquisitor at one point, um, and it's and it seems like he was killed and then brought back to life with night sister magic or something. Yeah. Um, but 
Um, which I didn't I didn't know until I saw his body do a little green dust thing. Yeah, no one knew that. Okay. Um, um, but during Rebels, there was there uh, there was plans to have to bring in uh, Starkiller into canon as an Inquisitor, but it was ultimately scrapped. They decided against it, um, okay. and they and people were thinking maybe they could do it again because because to be fair the costume doesn't look too dissimilar from one of Starkiller's looks in the game um but but no i i i personally don't think we'll ever see Starkiller in canon and personally i don't want to keep him the fuck away from this doesn't he opens up so many can of worms right like he does if you make him the same as he is in those games yes because yeah. he is the most op'd cunt ever like yeah doesn't he pull a star destroyer down with the force yeah 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 and and also like you know <laughs> vader's apprentice there's a lot to be said in that also wasn't his ending like ambiguous like it wasn't it like a multiple choice ending uh yeah there is multiple choice endings yeah yeah, so like, well, how the fuck does that tie in? Which one do you choose? Yeah, no, I, I don't want to see that. Sam Witt was busy enough. He's got enough roles. Yeah. He, he doesn't need more. He's fine. <laughs> one um, of his characters technically appeared in, in this show. Uh, do tell. Um, you, you, you won't know this at all, but he played, uh, in Clone Wars, he played the sun, which is one of the the Mortis gods, which is the the statues that Balin was standing on at the end. Yes, so I I recognise these statues, but I also feel like I don't know enough about them. So like that was like a lot of I, I feel like some of his character payoff, Balin's character payoff, and I was like I don't understand. I don't know what what's going on here. <laughs> so the Mortis gods are uh, from again a Clone Wars arc where Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi Wan get trapped. Um, in this place called Mortis, um, and they come into contact with three gods, basically three gods of the Force, and one representing the light side, one representing the dark side, and then one which is kind of like the balance between the two of them. Um, and it's it's so fucking weird. So it's great. It's like just a great <laughs> weird delve into like the mystical side of the Force. You get like. This is, keep in mind, this is during the Clone Wars, so, like, before Revenge of the Sith, but you get moments where Anakin sees his future and sees himself becoming Vader and that kind of stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, and it's, like, really trippy, and it's it's great. It's it's genuinely some, like, the best Clone Wars out there. Um, does, he, does Anakin do that thing with, like, with a, what a prick does in a, in, a, in a zombie movie where he's, like, he sees that and he's, like, I'm going to keep that to myself. I'm not going to let anyone know. No, them, their memories are, like, wipes at the end of it. They, they don't oh, remember, okay. yeah, they don't remember anything by the end of the arc. Um, I'm just picturing him slaughtering younglings, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> he does." Yeah, you think he's he's a a vision of himself killing younglings? Um, Jesus, or Christ. maybe Obi Wan does. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's great. It's it's really good, and again, dives into all kind of mystical shit. That episode as well. Uh, Liam Neeson returned to voice Qui Gon, um, and the actress who played Shmi also returned to play Shmi. So yeah, it was good. Oh, cool. Oh, no, that, does, that does sound pretty sick. Yeah, you love Mystical Force stuff. I do. You? I fucking I eat that shit up for breakfast. I, I love it whenever Star Wars gets weird. Dive <laughs> into the weird mystical shit all day long. That's exactly what I'm here for. Fucking Force-sensitive whales who can fly in hyperspace. Fuck <laughs> yes. Give me that shit, man. I did enjoy the return of the Pergil, I must say. They're always great. I like whales that do cool stuff. Yeah. Um. What? So that 
kind of um, we're, we're all over the shop here, so apologies if anyone is trying to <laughs> listen to us talk about anything specific. Um, was that like so when that was Balin's ending, um, standing on on the on the kind of statues of those gods? Was that like a big fuck yeah for you? Uh, it was more a it, well, it was bittersweet because obviously Ray yeah. Stevenson is no longer with us. Unfortunately, he died like just before the show aired, like a, about a month or so before, which is tragic for a lot of reasons not just because we can't see him play this character again but also because he's fucking dead and that's just awful yeah um, i saw so many people like it's a shame he'll never be able to continue this character i'm like it's a shame he won't continue breathing dude like yeah, come on. Yeah. it's not all about star wars <laughs> yeah i know um so and clearly you know they they had plans for him because his character is kind of like open-ended at the end so it it, you know, it, it is a shame that we won't see him as Balin again, but it's also just a shame we won't see him again. Um, yeah. And, you a, know, a talent, by the yeah, way, in this. So good, man. His character, when he was always... He's like, he had a fight with Ahsoka in, I think, the second to last episode, and he was talking, like, about what waits for him and his purpose and all this stuff. And I was like... But he was re he's always been cryptic throughout the entire show, and I was like... Why is this guy cooking, man? This guy, he's yeah. got something going on and he's he's so fucking intriguing. He's got a presence about him, which I just want to know more about this character. And I think that's a testament to the way Ray Stevenson played him because it's so good. It's such a gripping performance. I think so. I think he does a lot with a little as well. Like yeah. he's, he's not given a hell of a lot of screen time, <clears throat> um, but like the stuff that he's in, he's very, very captivating. And I think also... It touches on a reason I loved Thrawn so much in um, Rebels mm -hmm. is when you show me a guy who has all the you know the trimmings and all of this of of an evil guy you know Thrawn with his um, his little imperial outfit and um, um, Balin with his like you know his black robes and his red lightsaber and all of this. Orange. But when you just sorry, orange lightsaber. Was it orange? Yeah, his and Shin's lightsabers are orange. Yeah, it felt more red to me. Maybe I need to look at my TV. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's the what's the orange thing about then? I think it's just not fully committed to the dark, basically. Okay. Not not quite there, really. No, fair enough. I yeah. mean that that and that came across. Like yeah. I I I always like it when these kind of archetypal villain stereotypes get that little bit extra fleshing out. Like I like it that like Thrawn is a man of culture and a man of like in immense intelligence and cunning and. He yeah, is able to do a lot more damage because he just plays a longer game and he and he he waits and is more patient um, and doesn't let his emotions control him. And the same with Balin as well. Like he's just he's got an edge to him. Like he doesn't just want to fucking. He's a mercenary that doesn't just want to kill for the sake of killing. Like it, he he's ordered at one point to kill Ahsoka, and he's like that would be a shame. And it's yeah. like he he values that she is a life and has a talent and it would be a gift that was struck from the world that didn't need to be. Um, yeah, very, very his his ending right the the kind of the he was you know searching he he had throughout the whole show he starts to express his kind of his hatred of the cycle uh, the cycle of like the the power imbalance and you know it will be you guys will win the war and then there'll be another war mm. and all of this the the, yeah. the kind of fresh beginning he was after is that in this new galaxy is that what that meant when he was looking over all the desolate waste so he was looking over the the horizon and there was like a glowing thing in the mountain at the distance we don't know quite know what it is but he was looking at something glowing in a mountain um okay. which i assume is some kind of force mystical shit because that that's what he seems to be doing he seems to be following something to do with the force maybe he's been 
you know, he's been he's had some kind of contact with possibly the father or the mortis gods or whatever remains of them. And yeah, I, I we don't know, we don't know, but there's clearly something is going on. Yeah, how would you like to see his character handled? Because obviously, I'm for like we said, Ray Stevenson isn't going to be about to continue this story, but the character is so rife for potential. Um, that I don't know where. How how do they tastefully move forward with that? I think you can recast. It'd be a shame, but I think um, I think you can recast or you know, book, comic, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, yeah. It's I, definitely it's definitely not the last we've seen of Balin either way. He'll yeah, like fucking you know, it's a joke, but like no star wars story is untapped forever okay like eventually it'll get done like we i this is the only thing i've ever managed I, this is the one thing i have on the star wars community um and because it was mentioned in the caravan of garbage video someone has probably filled it in by now mm. um meaning the um in phantom menace you know the um you know the scene where Mace Windu isn't Samuel L. Jackson? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we tried to find any backstory on it. Mason made a joke about how there's probably someone has fledged out that that wasn't Mace Windu, yeah. and it was another Jedi. And we sp- we spent hours trying to find anything on this guy, but no one's filled in any backstory. It's just accepted that Mace Windu looks a bit different in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so, so that's that's the one thing I have on them. That's the one character they haven't mined for any potential. Yet. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't checked yeah. in a good year, so who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely see Balin's story continue somewhere. Like you know, it could be a book. A lot of Star Wars. It seems like the kind of thing that could continue on in a book. Um, but again, yeah, I'm not opposed to a recast at all. But yeah, I I think they'll have to in the end, like because people do have a desire to see this. And if this if this show does get a season two, it would be a shame for that character to not be a part of it. I think it'll get um, a season two. Yeah, I, I think It'll so. Definitely get a season two, I think. Um, but yeah, what about um? Do you want to talk about Shin as well? Because she was yeah. a part of Balin's story. Yeah, I really liked Shin. Um, I like that she had this kind of like feral nature to her. She like yeah. Um, she she was an interesting pairing with Balin because Balin seemed to be like much more like measured, um, than she was. Um, she always felt like she was on a leash or something. Like <laughs> yeah just needed to be let off and she would just fucking run at someone yeah yeah she had a, a fun little rivalry with sabine i hope they get to kiss at some point in the future that'd be great <laughs> yeah. um yeah no I, I i enjoyed her character a lot also um in case you mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
wasn't aware just again dave cooking up his usual mischief nonsense um balin and shin are the names of two wolves from norse mythology for fuck's sake of course <laughs> he can't help himself fucking dave man you're on thin ice with me as it is all right don't none of this he can't help himself <laughs> drop the wolf stuff you're a man you're an adult everyone's riding wolves in the last few episodes as well yeah, that's true. Yeah, as, as soon as I saw what, like what Sabine was like kicking about on, and they were like, "Careful, this is a wild animal." I was like, "For fuck's sake!" Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought Shin was like, like you're saying, the the. I hope she gets to kiss Sabine. I thought she was a nice like parallel between um her and there was a nice parallel going on between her and Sabine. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, which like you know like the quick to frustration, impatient to achieve her goals, but like, you know, like they were both seeking some sort of f like family and leadership presence in their lives like someone to just be like you can do this by the way i feel like um, they're both they're both apprentices who have complicated relationships with their master like yeah. they're they're both on like a kind of uh, a sort of opposite track whereas like over the course of the series you know uh, we saw sabine get closer and more in tune with her master it only seemed like Shin and Balin kind of went the opposite direction, really. Mm. Um, well, so, that, yeah, he like, even says like his one of his last lines to her is like, "My path is not the same as yours," or something like. Yeah. He says, like where you want to go. Is, you just like, basically told her to fuck off, basically. Yeah, he, like it, it isn't even clear where the scene is going, and then he's like, "My mm. final lesson for you," and um, she's like, yeah. "Oh, uh, okay." <laughs> yeah. I guess this is done. Yeah. Um, and then at the but, end of it, she's kind of like lost essentially i do like the moment where like ahsoka said to her like you know i can help you come with us and stuff and then there did seem to be like a moment where you know she was considering it and stuff mm. so it's that pride though isn't it like she just dipped because she was like no fuck this yeah i'm gonna go it is lead a it, group it, of mercenaries or whatever yeah it's like rolling over showing your belly isn't it like i've, I've tried to kill both of you now i can't weak be weak now i really enjoyed um, that moment as well in um in the forest where she, you know, on a Cetos where she was fighting with Sabine and then she like, I think Sabine tried to use the force, but she couldn't at that point. And then she just said, you have no power. Um, and then she went and then Sabine just goes like, fuck you. And then she uses her Mandalorian, like fucking gauntlet <laughs> stuff. That's another one of my little things. I love that little fake out where she was like, fuck off, dude. Yeah. Um, also for someone that isn't that in tune with the force, I know she does have it. You know, it's in every living thing, blah, blah, whatever. Like, but for someone that isn't as in tune with it as like most lightsaber wielders would be, like she's doing, she's she's got a pretty good accurate guess rate for where those blaster bolts are coming. Like when she's deflecting them and she's just like, uh, uh, nope, nope. <laughs> or maybe because she doesn't have the force, you don't believe she can do this? No, the force resides in all living things, but you have to be open to it. Sabine is blocked her mind is conflicted she's so expressive and yet so tightly wound she's so mandalorian Ugh, very shut up yeah. lawrence what, what what did i say that was wrong <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you just wanted to play your clip i know also, you've got a good memory for these clips also you should um you should you should t just take a like another look at someone like the the final moments with like Ezra, Ahsoka, and Sabine, like with the lightsabers against the zombie troopers. Zombie troopers, by the way, very cool. Um, 
Yeah. When fucking, because like Sabi, uh, Ahsoka and Ezra are like hitting the blaster bolts pack perfectly. But if you watch Sabine, she's like getting hit in the head. She's taking shots. And then she's like, and while uh, Ezra and Ahsoka like are deflecting the, the blaster bolts back at the troopers, um, Sabine is like hitting them towards the floor and stuff like that. So she's she's not that you and even Ahsoka says to her at one point, Sabine, blasters, come on, you're not that good yet. So yeah, I I love that moment. Like it's yeah. she's still she's like actively. She, she, Ahsoka went from like be, refusing to teach her to like they're in the middle of like the most important thing they have to do. Yeah, and and she's still giving her like a little lesson, um, which I appreciate. Um, no, I I, I like Sabine uh, quite a lot in this. Um, um. Yeah, I'm 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 excited to see. I mean, we we know her character anyway. Um, but it was nice to see her kind of where she landed after Rebels and how she is by far the most unhappy with her situation, like yeah. in terms of like she misses Ezra the most. I think she maybe she grew up with him. She was like a similar age to him, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, just about, yeah. yeah a little bit so older, like, I think, but yeah. Yeah, they were they were the sim- she was her and Ezra were the most immature. They were the ones constantly compared as like the siblings that the, the fought all the time. Um, but they, mm-hmm. they did have this love for each other. And I think it was, it was interesting that because she's not as maybe not as mature as the others and maybe not as in tune with, you know, how she, you know, feels the force and, and understands that being a Jedi is more and, and also more importantly kind of about your mental state. Yeah. Um, she kind of like, you know, love Sabine as I do. She kind of fucked it a little bit. Like she kind of fucked up a, a lot in this, um, in terms of like, you know, where where everyone ends up. Like I think her choosing to go with Balon is really really cool and like narratively a really interesting choice. Mm. But my God, it was not good in in the end <laughs> for for what it did. Uh, in 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 the terms of. Thrawn is back in the galaxy, yes, but also Ezra is back as well. So you know, six to one. Uh, yeah, but then Ahsoka and Sabine are stranded. So yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I like that they're both yeah. fine with it as well. They're like, do you know what? This was a day, wasn't it? Like this, <laughs> we're exactly where we need to be today. <laughs> I'm sure a, a Pergil will come along at some point. Oh yeah, now that they found, she knows the way out now. Um, <clears throat> she knows the way in. Um, I I, we... Ezra can probably get back to that galaxy as well. Yeah, that's probably true. They've probably kicked the door open more than they'd have, and like more than it was. Yeah, he could summon a whale, take fucking uh, Hera and and Chopper and Jason along yeah. with him, pick up Zeb along the way. That was, I tell you what, that was something as well that I wanted to talk about. Like, <clears throat> is is this in live action or like at least? kind of widely consumed tv and movies yeah um is this the first time we've seen a new galaxy in star wars yeah yes i i thought so i I think so yeah um i like there were certain things that were like i I, this comes kind of a a bit of a bit of good a bit of bad in terms of what i thought about this um i really like right Star Wars from the get-go, iconic sound effects, right? Like, f- literally from the very first movie. Patrol. The light- yeah, the lightsabers, the Pachow. blasters. <laughs> good. Any more-, any more for us? Kachow. Oh, Kachow. I think that's from another franchise. 
Um, but like, it's been known for like, you, you hear something now, and if it's from Star Wars, the average person on the street is gonna know it's from Star Wars. Yeah. Um, it's such an in your home and like present. It has such a pop culture relevancy that it's impossible not to recognize it. Yes. And I think to add to that, like kind of rich tapestry of sound, it's incredible what is able to able to be pulled off with the um because obviously we've we've in this we experience a new sort of hyperspace travel yeah um through obviously both the uh jumping to a different galaxy but then also traveling in the in the pergil's mouth yeah um I just while think like... while uh huyang tells ahsoka the story of star wars yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was very cool. I liked that as well. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like it. It felt different. It felt like it. It felt like the hyperspace. Like the visuals looked different. The sound was different. It felt like hyperspace. Yeah, I think the how- visuals with hyperspace is a little bit different when it's the Pergil because yeah, it's obviously it's it's more of a natural phenomenon with them, isn't it? Like accessing like. The the people in the galaxy only have hyperspace travel because of the Pergil. Like it was it was developed from them and stuff. So um makes sense that theirs feels more organic, whereas yeah, the, exactly. how the ships do it feels very manufactured. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's a lot more like yeah, organic's probably the best word for it. Organic and mystical, I guess. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> love that mysticism. I do love mysticism. I'll tell you what I didn't like. Um, popping out of hyperspace and seeing a load of whales just get shot and blown up. That was yeah. That was not fun at all. I do, I felt a bit conflicted on this, right? Because the whales are getting shot, <laughs> yeah. and then um, Huyang is like, oh, "It's a good thing that they're here to essentially be human. Well, not human. Be whale shields for us. Yeah, provide just cover take, for them. Yeah. yeah, take a bunch of shit, and then they all start fucking off because they're sick of getting shot. Yeah." And then Ahsoka's like, oh, you had to just go and say that. You spoke too soon. I'm like, no, it's a good thing that they're not being massacred. Yeah. I was just saying, I was like, well, no, it's, it's, let them go. It's okay. Yeah. I don't think you should be actively trying to keep them here. Yeah. Um, for your benefit. Like, just make your ship go quicker. <laughs> um, but yeah, sure. no, I, I found that was quite funny. Um, yeah. Um, but- so you hate Thrawn. No, well, hang on. Before Thrawn, okay. The um, the the negative component again, not so oh. much. Not no no no. This is the, it comes. Oh wait, about the of, galaxy. Are we still yeah. talking? Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, this is the only thing that I felt a little bit like. I felt. Oh, I don't even want to say. Just, I didn't like it. Let me just like get it. my it, boo burn huh? ready. Let me just get my boo burn ready. No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a very fair point. Um, I don't think I, I. I. It wasn't. I didn't like it. Again, it was just something that like. I don't know. I think it could have been more interesting. I think like the way it was expressed could have been cooler. Um, I basically Star Wars takes us to an entirely new galaxy, but like the setting is super familiar, like big rocks, a kind of desolate wasteland desert. Um, like the natives there, they have like blasters that are very familiar to us and like armor. Sabine even speaks the language of like some of the local turtle things. Um, I don't know if it, it, it didn't, it felt like another planet. It didn't feel like we entered a new galaxy that no one had ever stepped foot in before that like, you know, these characters anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess. 
do, do you see what I mean? Though? It just felt like because there's there's blasters. There's a bunch of stuff I recognize. It just felt like I wasn't but in like, a new space. But what what was you expecting though? That would be my question. And I'm not trying to justify. Just genuinely asking. Like what what would you what would you have preferred to have seen? Um, I, I yeah. See this, and this is kind of the trouble with these kind of criticisms because like mm. I don't know if I could necessarily do it better. But like, I'm, I'm sure not, the creative not, heads not of could. That's not what I'm getting. I'm not like saying you can't do it better. I'm just trying to see like what would, what you know, what would you have rather seen? Like, what is? Oh yeah, no. But that's again, I'm I'm not trying to defend myself against it. I'm just saying I I, I honestly don't know. But mm. maybe just kind of less of the stuff I already knew. Like, but I, I think Star Wars has a particular look and aesthetic, and I think when you start to stray away from that it doesn't feel like Star Wars. Because, like, yeah, sure, the blasters are very familiar and there's the bandits and it all looks like Star Wars, but I think it has to. Because if it, if it delves too far into something else, then it's like, ooh, this isn't Star Wars anymore. I don't, I don't quite know what I'm trying to say, but it, I, I feel like it, Star Wars has an aesthetic and it's yeah. a very specific aesthetic. It's not something that can necessarily be applied to any like sci-fi fantasy movie sort of thing. Star Wars has like a very particular look about it. Um, I, I agree. I think like my 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 feeling on it, and I, this is where maybe I'm living in a fucking ideal world where mm. everything is you know the way it should be and cool. Like I I I'm not. I understand fully, like, from a perspective of, like, creating a show and doing it in mind with fans to enjoy it. Like, I remember in the book of Boba Fett, some 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 characters had, like, speeder bikes that were, like, brightly coloured. And yeah. people just lost their fucking minds Yeah, um, over it. And, like, I, I, you, while you shouldn't cater to those people, you're right, stuff can feel out of place. Um, but I also just think, like, you're right, Star Wars does have an aesthetic, and... The, something that is in front of most Star Wars movies is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But this isn't that galaxy. And I just wish that no. there was something a bit more to make it feel like that. But again, it, I didn't care. It was just something that like, oh, that could have been cool. I felt like it was a bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah, I don't disagree. But again, not really an issue for me. Fair. Yeah. Uh, Thrawn, yeah. you wanted to talk about? Uh, yes. The Grand Admiral himself has returned. Um, yes. And you hate him. <laughs> right we had a phone call this morning um where i i had some words and then i went on and watched three more episodes of the show yeah um and my opinion has changed i, I am gonna eat some humble pie okay um i at f my first thought behind it was like i i don't know if like i understand his voice is very imposing and i i get <clears> he's <throat> he has a presence to him but i also remember in um a large part of his th malice and threat and and kind of perceived um villainy in um in rebels was that he was a man that like he very much so could outsmart you but he could also mm. fucking beat you up to fuck as well yeah um and i feel like lars it's not lars mickelson's fault <laughs> right that he's mm. the age he is but he does feel like a frailer like this guy like he's i don't know mm. he, he felt older he didn't feel like well, he, he is, is 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 te it's just about ten years in in the timeline. Yeah, and I and I and I can appreciate that, but that's a rough ten years 
for 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 um for Thrawn. Well, I mean, he's not exactly been in a palace the entire time, has he? Like, he's not no, been. But he's probably had his personal quarters where he can fucking do a bit of kickboxing and all. Yeah, on a half destroyed starship held together with fucking magic and tape. <laughs> Got literally some red fabric. <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I do see it, but then, like I say. That was my kind of initial read. Mm. I'd seen him on screen for maybe ten minutes. I also, I also think with Thrawn as well. Like, yes, he is like physically uh, imposing in Rebels, but there's also very few of that you you see. Like, you yeah. don't see that until well into like the fucking his introduction and stuff. It's not for uh, quite a while, and even then, it's only like once or twice we see it at most. Like it, what a, a point of him is that he doesn't resort to that, right? No, yeah, exactly. He he fights with his mind. Basically, he's a master tactician. He's a very intelligent person. He he just knows how to fight without fighting. Basically, yeah. He he. Yeah. It, it would never come to that because he's already beaten you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. No, and, and and I do appreciate that. And I also think as time went on, like there are just certain things where like he he, he is written very very well. Yeah. In, in not just in this but in rebels and how they've built the character um just like little things where like certain things certain Mm. lines that like in in bureaucracy and you know like fucking it could feel like fucking data entry and admin when he's like get me ahsoka's file from the jedi archives yeah but like because we know thrawn we know that he's like where's a weak spot what pressure points can i poke at like like it's all that kind of menacing tactical stuff that he does that like i love it whenever know. he says something is acceptable um because yeah, like, that's acceptable losses yeah that's, exactly that's because time like frame yeah when they when the the chimera shows up and they're like oh it'll take us three rotations to get it loaded up is like an acceptable time frame and then yeah. he learns about like the the start uh the tie fighters and he's like these are acceptable losses in the circumstances. And yeah. there's something about it which is just, oh, it's like butter. I just, I love his voice. He's so good. And he's um, always in a poker game, right? Like, yeah. he's always, he's always counting his <laughs> chips and making sure that he's still stacked. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, no, very he's, good. A, he's a great character. And I, I do think <clears> that, like, the, the trade off from having him not look as physically imposing, but yeah. still keeping that voice and that eeriness and creepiness to him. Yeah. Um, that I think only Lars can bring. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I do. I, I will take my humble medicine and drink it because I, I, I was wrong. I think he's great. I I really love seeing Thrawn again. Lars played him great in Rebels. He plays him great here. I, I don't mind the look of him at all. I think it's. I think he looks quite good, really. He um, looks good in blue. He, looks he, do, very he does look in good in blue. Yeah. Um, I love the moment where he finds out Anakin is Ahsoka's um or was ahsoka's master it's yeah. a very good moment it's just a moment of like oh shit <laughs> like okay oh, fuck. i'm <laughs> this, dealing with some sauce here yeah, yeah this is it's gonna be a little bit unpredictable and wild then just like a master yeah. um, and, he, and, he, and he, you see that's the thing about him mm. as well like it's one thing to write that cool dialogue but having yeah. the plot adhere to it as well like he he then he says like rain hellfire down and like when someone even gives him the slightest kind of quizzical look like this isn't mm. how we normally do things he's like there'll be no reasoning with the apprentice of anakin skywalker yeah and it's like fuck you. yeah there won't be yeah um and like it, it's the, like you know he sucks and it's a fascist but like it's the right move for him yeah <laughs> like, it's true yeah yeah it's true um, um some people were getting um typical star wars fans were getting upset that as 
a Thrawn apparently didn't know that Ahsoka was Anakin's um, apprentice, even though they they appeared together in a book, and Anakin during the Clone Wars met Thrawn, and um, he literally mentioned the name Ahsoka once. He went, "Oh, my Padawan Ahsoka," and that was it. That's the only time Ahsoka was ever mentioned, and that was like thirty years prior to this. So. Jesus, <laughs> Yeah, and people were upset that he didn't remember that one name thirty years ago. Yeah, I um, I I presumably went to the shops with my mum uh, yeah. when I was five at one point. <laughs> I, I probably was introduced to one of my mum's friends at that point. Yeah, it doesn't fuck. It doesn't mean anything to anyone. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> put yourself in. Uh, this is I, I. One of the things I was going to say in this, <clears throat> um, and I'm. It's kind of flipped on that. Like is. There are there are some moments where like mm. we've always said, isn't it such a good thing that fans don't write Star Wars? And, yeah, and it I is. think Yeah, and it is. And one thing I was gonna say is like, hang on, Dave Filoni is like a, the biggest Star Wars fan that writes Star Wars. Yeah, but he's also a writer as well though. So Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's the, he's not just someone on Twitter who thinks he can do better. That's the thing. Yeah. He he's someone who actually works in the industry and has done for many years before he was working with Lucasfilm, so... Yeah, and, and that's yeah. the distinction. If you get hung up on that kind of shit, one offline in a book... Hey, you shut, know that... Shut up. You know that show everyone loves? That fucking uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender show? Dave Filoni. Like, <laughs> he's, 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 he's been around, okay? Like, he he's, knows what he's doing. He's earned his salt, I will say, uh, yeah. in animation. We've still got some beef in live action, me and him. Okay, well... Um, <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I got some beef with Filoni. I I genuinely do. I I am cautious when it comes to Filoni. I do think some of the I'm I'm a little bit wary of um the cult of Filoni. I'll say like okay, the yeah. you know like whenever like there's that picture goes goes around like whenever there's a good episode of live action Star Wars, there's always that picture which is like someone like raising their arms up into the sky and there's Dave Filoni's face in the clouds or whatever. You know that mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm a little bit wary of all of that just because, like, the Filoni can do no wrong. Filoni is a hero. Give Filoni the keys to the kingdom. Let him do everything. Filoni, Filoni, Filoni. I'm a little bit wary of all of that just because I, f I don't think we should ever hold anyone up to those standards. Like, don't ever fucking deify anyone to that extent because it's only just going to lead to heartbreak because the because like i've seen it happen before people would like fucking praising taika as like the fucking second coming and like fucking you know he's breathing fresh fresh air into marvel and then he makes one misstep and everyone is like no boo fucking kill him and all this <laughs> sort of stuff and and fucking and and it happens you know some people aren't happy with the way some stuff turned out and it's like feloni missed and then it's i don't know i'm just I think people get like too. Um, the, I just think like they they put people on too high of a pedestal sometimes, yeah. and and I think let's just let's all just calm down, you know. Let's just let's just be normal about all of this and yeah. not turn anyone into a god when they're just writing a TV show. Okay. I think as well, like if you. If if you're so content with handing over to the keys to one person, mm. how fucking boring is that gonna get? Yeah, like if it's all the vision of one. I mean, like right now, I'm like a lot of live action Star Wars TV shows. I'm like, I'm I'm relatively indifferent to Dave Filoni. I think that like I wish he did some stuff better, but I also appreciate some cool stuff that he's done. But like, like 
without you know i'm pretty sure like the only one he hasn't had like a fucking direct grip on is andor um and that's my that's you know like not to sound too andor bro about it all but like that is my favorite one i think that is the best written and the best directed and i like the story the most yeah um and like you don't get that if you just hand the keys to one man right and like i know that's been star wars no, that's, way. yeah that's true you don't yeah but like, yeah, like George Lucas had it his way for a while, and then you all started to hate him as well. Like it does, just fucking yeah, let, let creatives create. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't restrict and, it to one thing. And now there's this revisionist history that they always loved George, and George was somehow forced out, even though he sold the company of his own choice. Because yeah, there's a there's a because, video of him very happily shaking hands for four billion dollars. Yeah, because he was also relentlessly fucking vilified and crucified for like fucking seven years or whatever, and he was like. Well, I don't need this. I'm just going to fucking... Someone made a documentary or something called George Lucas Raped My Childhood. Jesus like, fucking Christ. Exactly. Can you imagine? Fucking get a grip, dude. Yeah. Jesus. Fucking hell. But anyway, that's... I don't know. Things piss little, me off. A little tangent there from both of us, but yeah. Yeah. Um, what, but, else, what else do we have to discuss? Um, I don't know. What else do we have to discuss? Um, zombie troopers night sisters magic mystical yeah. shit so this is this is the kind of stuff that i'm like i'm very indifferent on like this is this is the kind of stuff that just like this is what there. you're indifferent on this is the most exciting shit for me no you see this is what this is where we <laughs> differ like i don't know like the the night sisters i'm just like there's witches it's cool it's yeah like, it, there's it means... witches it's magic with a k it's fucking rad but it doesn't mean anything to me like it it, it I didn't, I didn't like, it wasn't, it was a crucial part of the story, but like, I didn't care about like the, the three, like, the, like the, what they called the mothers or something. Yeah. The mothers. Um, very, yeah, like, very like, um, sort of like, uh, Macbeth witches and the, yeah. the, th the threads from Hercules and that type of stuff. Very, very they, much cool. inspired like by the... like that Greek culture sort of stuff. Exactly. And they are cool. I like their like mechanics. I like their little, uh red things that can imprison people but also like give you little directions on a map and mm. i think i think all of that stuff is very cool but like as characters i was like whatever and i care more for how they service the story than them as characters <laughs> you're the wrong person to ask this because this is this this won't be a gotcha moment but like what are their names what are those three people's names um the same i actually know because they're the same names as the the threads from greek mythology but okay. I don't know the actual names off the top of my head, but yeah, I know that they're the same names as the ones from the Greek mythology. So okay, well, look, yeah. I don't know. I, well, all right, this is this is this is your ballpark. You love this kind of stuff. What did they bring to it for you? Why do you love them? Mysticism, magic, weirdness. They brought in um, the fact that fucking the Dathomirians and Night Sisters and as. Uh, Zabrax apparently all originated from this other galaxy. That's interesting. New lore shit, first of all. Mm. Um, I don't know. I've always found Night Sisters interesting. It's the the because the Night Sister magic is um is the force, but just channeled and used in a different way. It's more dark side based. Um and it's like it takes a toll as well, which is why like they look in pains like a lot of the time and stuff. Um, yeah, 
I don't know. It's it's just weird, cool shit. They can raise the dead. Like, how is that not fucking sick? Well, no, see, see, this is lore that I don't know. So, like, that, like, I didn't know that their magic was the force, but channeled through a different means. Like, that's mm. cool, but I had no fucking idea that that was going on. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like Merrin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Merrin's a fucking night sister, but she's <laughs> nice. I'm just trying to find a point to grasp onto here with night sisters. I like, I like Merrin, she's cool. Asajj wasn't that? But you, oh, you won't know Asajj, will you? Asajj Ventress. No, but I did pick up on Hayden using that name, and I'd imagine yes. that was another moment where people threw their popcorn. Yeah, I cheered. <laughs> I cheered when he said General Grievous, because I know General Grievous. <laughs> when they say the thing that you recognize. <laughs> yes. I um, I did see, it's funny that you mentioned that photo. I kept seeing that Dave Filoni mm. photo get ratioed on Twitter this week. Um, and I, d I don't like to be part of either camp, um, but it, it does always make me giggle a little bit where someone posts the Dave Filoni photo and someone quote tweets it saying who cameoed this time um, that does always <laughs> not for me <laughs> it's just because you said there's the thing that you know <laughs> what have I got what's on my thing any other mysticism stuff you wanted to talk about I enjoy mysticism Lawrence I know this <laughs> I enjoy weirdness Star Wars has always been weird and it should always be weird. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um frankly I won't hear any different from you. I'm not trying to tell you any different. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Did you like it when um C three PO showed up and when Leia can't be here because of obvious reasons. Um so I'm here to tell you what Leia said instead. I did like that and I liked that like it was all very formal until like um, Mon Mothma went over to Hera and was like, um, "Like, what the fuck are you and Leia cooking? Like, what are you two doing?" <laughs> and she's just not giving any of it away. Uh, I did like her telling that smug little senator guy to just eat shit. Um, I, I liked it when that senator was like, um, um, uh, fuck. He, he was like, are we really going to take all this from the word of a droid? And then Chopper just like went, what the fuck? He like <laughs> piped up from the fucking sea. And Carson Teva had to be like, it's not worth it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> yeah. I did like that. That was very, very funny. I also, there's a moment. Um, I like, this is a very funny moment in the uh, third or fourth episode when... Um, uh, Hu Yang says to Carson Teva, he, he's talking about Jason, and he just says to Carson Teva, his father was Kanan Jarrus, a Jedi Knight, and he just gives him like this brief backstory, and then Carson <laughs> just goes, okay, <laughs> and then just walks off. <laughs> and I, like, I like that, and I know why that's in the show. Yeah. Like, no one else saw Rebels other than, like, yeah. well, so the, a, a mass audiences didn't see Rebels. Yeah. Um, or at least not to the point where they even saw that Kanan had a son. Yeah. And, and is no longer in the picture. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I, I did love that, where he was just like, all right, dude. <laughs> okay. Chill, man. Thanks for being an encyclopedia for me. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Senator do... Ziono is a, um, a prick. Um, he is the father... He's the dad of, uh, I think his name is Kaz, who's the main character of Star Wars Resistance, which I haven't watched. Well, I've watched some of it. I watched the first season, but... And who who is this guy? Who is this guy in the show? 
He's just the main character. No, no, no. Who is the, uh, who is? Oh, he's he's about? he's the the smug senator guy. Oh right, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So you yeah. you use their names. I don't know any of their names. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I know Mon Mothma. She was in the movie. Mon Mothma. What? Well, some of them. <laughs> she, yeah, she was in she, some of them, and she wasn't this woman. But I know she, her. Well, she was in two of them, maybe one of them. Yeah, and then in Andor, when she is the best version of her character. Yeah. Um, yeah, she the, was, the version of her that has a character. <laughs> she plus she first played this character in Revenge of the Sith, but I don't actually know if she's in Revenge of the Sith. I think because I, I think, think most cut, of her right? scenes were cut. Yeah, um, yeah. I think she might like still appear in the background or something, probably. Um, but yeah, and then Rogue One was the first time that we like properly saw her player. Yes, yeah, I liked her in Rogue One as well. I thought she was fun. She's great. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do some little things? Little thing? I have no little things because I have no notes. So, okay. Like I will uh, list my little things. I mean, if I come up with a little thing, I'll do a little thing. Okay. I mean, I've only got two because I had, right. I had five. Lawrence, I'm going to stop you right there. I have a little thing. Oh goodness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Captain Enoch is very cool. I like his helmet and his mask. I would agree if I knew who Captain Enoch was. Well, you can take a stab at it based on the context that I just gave you. He's, He's a, captain a captain with a helmet that's cool. Uh, run it by me. Thrawn's right-hand captain. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. I like the little face on it. He was he had a cool little face on it. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. I like that they, like, <clears throat> uh, like in however many years they've been stranded there, Thrawn was just like, Get a little freaky with your outfits, guys, if you like. like the fucking the because they're called night troopers. They're not called stormtroopers. They're called night troopers, and they yeah. they look fucking sick, man. They look they, they look they look imposing. Yeah, very much so. I anyway, do like them. Uh, a little thing. Uh, a little thing for me. Uh, Sabine cutting her hair the way Kanan did was cool. Yes, um, I liked that. Yes, um, very much. My so. other no, uh, no, it's my little thing. Oh, sorry, you. I yes. didn't know you had more. I thought a loads. Okay. The Chimera. Um, It was always very uh, fun to see the Chimera in Rebels and very intimidating. Like when it just dropped out of of hyperspace, you just did like the thud of the ship dropping out of hyperspace. And then you'd see like the big imposing Star Destroyer with like Thrawn's like Chimera symbol on the bottom of it. And then seeing it appear um, here, great, just as intimidating. And Obviously, it's like wrecked a ship because of what it's gone through. So, yeah, yeah. But I like the way that it's still, it still, it still feels like the fucking sturdy, fucking yeah. legend ship that it is. Like it's still like, yeah, I went to a different galaxy and I'm still fucking, <laughs> I'm still good. Yeah, it's still just as intimidating. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that design as well underneath it. Very, <clears throat> yeah, very it's cool. great. Yeah, um, that's what I think. That's another thing Dave Filoni does very well. He he draws from a lot of um, like cultural stuff. Um, draws from a lot of like mythology and a lot of um (laughs) a surprising amount of lord of the rings in this (laughs) okay yeah like ahsoka is very much like gandalf in this basically oh when she put on her white outfit well yeah she starts it off as ahsoka the grave and she like goes through like a like a whole test sort of thing where she has to figure herself out and she comes out of it as ahsoka the white she does yeah Yeah. Uh, Apparently there was a, apparently there was a big thing about her hair or her, her piece her thing. You apparently you're never supposed to see her wear her her things. Oh her. yes, there was a scene where she she didn't have like the 
the the sort of like headband thing to because we, whenever we've seen Ahsoka apart from as a baby, she's always had some kind of like headpiece to like separate her her actual face from the the montrails um, because because it just breaks it up and makes it look yeah normal basically because otherwise like it looks ah upsetting and weird and everyone's <laughs> just like ah oh, I don't like it why is it bald don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I did like um same kind of thing with Hera as well. Mm. She didn't take off once her 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 little flight goggles, yeah. you, which were just there to hide prosthetics. That, that it's the same with literally any Twi'lek character. Like any fucking Twi'lek that shows up, they will always have some little headpiece just to cover yeah. up the the like seam between the skin <laughs> and and Leku and stuff. Very very fun. Um, yeah silly the kind of thing that like star wars is known for just being like a bit hokey with and silly. Yeah. yeah um i've put um um <clears throat> david tennant training sabine um with the um now we've spoken about this briefly on the podcast before uh i i was once a judo master um <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> and i too went through some traditional japanese drills training yeah. drills um no like you, you laugh i did right <laughs> and and it and it appears here there's like the 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 scene where sabine was having to not not before the blindfold bit where she was striking the little things that david tennant was holding out for her david tennant um, yes yeah <laughs> um and like they, it was it, obviously it wasn't japanese counting um that would be ichni sanshi go roku um but in it, they were doing like whatever the Star Wars counting was, but it was very traditional Japanese strike on the count uh, martial arts, which I quite liked. So, yeah, Star Wars and um, Jedi in particular have always been very um, influenced by uh, Japanese, you know, like samurai. Um, mm. So did stuff. Seven Samurai, didn't she? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, cool. Any other little things? Uh, Captain Rex. Yeah, I didn't see him. Which one was he? I know he was in it. <laughs> he was a clone. So. Okay. Was he? Did he just have one of the hats? Or did you see his face? No, no. You didn't see Tem. No, you didn't see Tem. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't think Tem was ever on set. He'd have just voiced them. Um, but no, it was just he just like at one moment, like when Ahsoka was in the world between worlds, um, and then you see like Anakin in the distance talking to some clones and some Twi'leks. Um, it, it there was like a, a clone there with like the like the commander sash and the the skirt and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's that's fucking Rex. That's Rex from a distance. Like, yeah. holy shit! And then it flash forwards to the uh, the siege of Mandalore where they're fighting like the fucking the Maldalorians and stuff. And then and then you actually see Rex say to um, say to Ahsoka, "We'll we'll get him, Commander. We're on the way or whatever." So yeah, very exciting. Um, oh yes, actually, um, Force Ghost Hayden at the end, just capping it off. Very oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, nice to see that. Like, um, you know, Ahsoka talked about like how her master has always been there for her, and like um, just at the end, we we get Hayden and Anakin with just that that little prideful look on his face. It's just a beautiful little ending, I think. Yeah, I think so, and it feels like it's putting their relationship to bed. Like, yeah. When all is said and done, at the end of the day, she's at peace with who he was. Yeah, and and that is obviously as a force ghost, having been through because we know he's, he's he's done his life now. He's a ghost, right? Yeah, he knows how he ended, and know he knows that he's he was redeemed by the most important people to him. You know, the rest of the galaxy would probably have stuff to say. Yeah, 
he was redeemed by the people that mattered to him. Um, and I, I, yeah, I like that Ahsoka was kind of the one we never saw. We never saw that resolution. So to get it is quite nice. I know people have an issue now, I guess, with the de-aging for whatever reason. But I liked it. I thought it looked good. I thought I thought he looked fucking great, to be honest. So Yeah. And also, like, th- this is the Star Wars fans to a T, right? You don't like the de-aging, but when he looked old in fucking... Exactly. Obi- Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi, you, then you, you just ridiculed him online about it as if it, the poor guy hasn't fucking had enough of you pricks. Yeah. Like, so pick a lane and I, I think i think it looked good i think they it, it, it wasn't plastered all over his face i think they just smoothed him a little bit yeah yeah um because because like you know he's older and he's he, he, he technically he's not supposed to look that old it's fine i'd rather that than a full fucking cgi recreation he yeah he's not a 20 year old boy <laughs> yeah and, but, oh no <laughs> yeah. how terrible that your heroes grow up yeah like, why can't my action figures all stay the same age there's a bunch of fucking stupid star wars fans it is wild to think they became vader at like the age of like fucking 22 though isn't it yeah I, I also look at vader and like even young vader like fresh in the suit vader and i'm like fucking hell dude <laughs> like, yeah you're 42 like i just yeah. know it yeah <laughs> you, you don't come across as a... <laughs> imagine imagine vader walking along and palpatine's like go here and he's like radical i'll do that now <laughs> turbular <laughs> slay king i yeah. will do that <laughs> i'm going to serve cunt <laughs> And we can serve cunt together. <laughs> you, if you only knew the power oh of god. serving cunt. Oh my god! Uh. Join me, Luke, and together we can lay rears across the galaxy. Oh no! You're obsessed with laying rears recently. I think it's what the cool kids say. I don't think it is. I think it's what an out-of-touch 26-year-old says. <laughs> you might be right. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, let's do some recommendations before we before this becomes our longest podcast ever. All right, you go. All right. Uh, <clears throat> this is the part of the show where me and Nathan, we recommend stuff to each other. Uh, it could be anything that we've done that week, seen, uh, looked at, experienced, whatever. could be anything. Uh, and this week, <laughs> this is a bizarre one for me, to be fair. Um, this week, I'm recommending uh, the Instagram account at Real Talking Fish. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> which, for fun, I'm going to give you a guess. You'll be wrong. What do you think that account is? I think that is an account... No, you're Googling it. Stop it. No. No, no. <laughs> Why would I do such a thing like that? I think that's an account where there's a fish and he tells the news. <laughs> Damn, you're, you're correct. <laughs> right, it's called, for people that don't know, because obviously Nathan's clued in, um, it's an account, so it, it's at Real Talking Fish. Francis has suggested he would be open to having the Catholic Church bless same-sex couples. The request was one of a number sent to the Pope ahead of a week's-long global gathering to discuss the future of the Church. He added, however, that the church still considered same-sex relationships objectively sinful and would not recognize same-sex marriage. Breaking news! A plane of bedbugs has hit Paris and... It's the fish from Spongebob. 
<laughs> yeah, it's basically that, right? The account is called Bikini Bottom News, and it basically creates like shorts and reels about real events, but it's the newscaster fish from SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, okay. And I just, I don't know about it. Sometimes it doesn't always land. Like, sometimes there's just horrible news. Yeah, like today um, full of horrible news. Yeah, exactly. Today's, in the UK specifically, has been fucking yeah. gross today. Yeah. Um, but, like, it, it always just kick, gets a kick out of me to hear him going, breaking news. Um, I very much enjoy it. It's fun. It's a little bit of silliness. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, I, I actually have seen that account before. I come across it on um not on Instagram, but I came across it on TikTok a while back. Um, oh, okay. So, so I actually fuck me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Already know all about it. So that's fair. There we go. Well, thank you for indulging me and still letting me explain. <sighs> you are welcome, uh, Nathan. What would you recommend to me and our listeners, Lawrence? What I have to recommend is something I watched earlier today, um, and. I I didn't have a good time watching it. Okay. I I didn't enjoy it. Right. Um. And if anything, it just made me angry. Okay. Um. <laughs> and you're recommending this. And I am recommending this, yes, because I actually think it's important that people watch it. Okay. Um, <laughs> this might get a little weird. <laughs> I I'm I'm gonna recommend. Um. It's a kind of. It's a it's a weird cross between a documentary and a drama. And it was it aired on Channel Four in the UK uh, last night. You can watch it on whatever the the Four's version of iPlayer is these days, Four a Deal or Four or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Um, it's called Partygate. Okay. Partygate. Okay. Partygate. Okay. For those who are unfamiliar, Partygate Wait, is, is a. There a is there a trigger warning that needs to come prior to this? No, no, not necessarily. Okay. No, no. For those unfamiliar, Partygate is a political scandal we had here in the UK um, where over the course of uh, the pandemic and lockdown, it came about the officials in Downing Street, which is where the Prime Minister lives and works, 10 Downing Street, um, were having parties um, and drinking, not social distancing, even in some cases having sex and doing cocaine um, and all kind of stuff, just basically breaking the rules that they set out, which we should have all followed and stuff. And it was a big political scandal. In the end, Boris Johnson had to resign because of it. Um, It was a fucking huge scandal. Um, So Channel 4 have made this, again, it's like half documentary, half drama, because there's like actors in it um, and and it's like scripted, but it's also all scripted like from... The actual Sue Gray report, which is like the look into it and the the, the parliamentary report and that type of stuff, um, and it's very well done because it like it shows you like the parties and the events what happened, um, and it gives you the dates so you can see like very clearly when it was like 14th for June 2020, and then what it will do it will cut from that to then like real world footage of like people in like Lancashire at a funeral but then having to social oh, distance and uh, because of COVID and everything. And like they, um, the, there was one clip that they showed, which was, and this is a genuine clip. Like it's not filmed. It's, it's like all real footage. And yeah. it was a, uh, it was a funeral somewhere. Um, and like everyone is sat on chairs, like, like six feet apart, whatever the rule was and stuff. And then this one woman just started breaking. I think it was like her son who had died and she just like fucking broke down and started crying. Um, oh. And then like two people 
moved their chairs closer to her so they could comfort her, like put their arms around her. And then they, like the guy giving the funeral, he was interrupted and someone came up to them and said, stop, you have to move apart. Can't do that. You have to move apart. And then it like cuts back to people like dancing and drinking and down the street and all that type of stuff. So yeah, it, to be honest, it made me fucking furious watching it. Yeah. It's It's something that genuinely really angered me. But it's what, really what a well done. What great way to show that like hypocrisy between the two fucking stances as well. That, that's like, something it does really. It really shows you like the fucking the the hypocrisy and the fucking audacity of it all. Really, um, yeah. it's something that is it. The fact that it happened is fucking ridiculous. Um, it also does a good job of like it shows like. Um, it shows you like other people in the country who are having like gatherings and parties when they shouldn't be like people in like fucking, you know, just regular people who like haven't seen their friends and stuff for a while. And then like they get like 10,000 pound fines, 15,000 pounds, 30,000 pounds in some instances. And then it ends with like text saying like Boris Johnson, Carrie Johnson and Rishi Sunak were all fined in the end for their party gate for the, for the, for the party gate scandal. And they each got a 50 pound fine. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. A 50 pound fine. And then there's yeah. people who are like fucking, you know, barely affording rent, getting a fucking 30,000 pound fine where yeah. like these people were all fucking dancing and drinking and, and doing all this stuff with fucking taxpayer money. I might add as well. Yeah. That, that, that's the salt in the wound. Isn't yeah. It? Like, it's just, and also like as if the fucking, if you're not in the UK, sorry, this might be a little bit like, why do you care but like it's fucking under a bad government and under fucking terrible leadership which this country's been for over a fucking decade uh approaching a decade and a half like it's it, you don't need more reasons to hate these pricks no like expect like today's fucking it's a, a time recording this i'm not gonna fucking even give it space on this fucking show yeah. but like despicable fucking shit that's been said today and like horrendous just oh, I, I don't just even know if i'm out, good enough headspace to watch that <laughs> with them today like, just outright evil and nasty shit that's yeah. that's been said and and also yeah. fucking disingenuous because they don't even care they don't no. give it. it doesn't affect their fucking billionaire lives it doesn't matter to them it's just stoking no. the flames of a culture wars for votes like that's it's literally it yeah it's just because they know they're on a fucking a downward trajectory they know they can't necessarily win the next election. Yeah. Um, so it's grifting. It's, when you see YouTubers <laughs> like, Disney woke, it's that shit yeah. on it's a fucking yeah. on a government level. It's it's just appealing to the absolute fucking scum who buy into that and yeah. get, get obsessed with these conspiracy theories and all this shit. Anyway, Ugh. we really like Tosoka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like Tosoka. But no, <laughs> I, I do think people should watch that because again, it's, it's like... It's an hour long. It's, you know, you're not necessarily going to have like the fucking time of your life watching it or anything. And you probably will get angry if you're not a massive cunt. <laughs> They're probably trying to bury it, which means you should watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's good. It's good. Should watch it. Oh, God, what a fucking despicable group of pricks. Yeah. Honestly. Indeed. I didn't know there was a... <laughs> uh, like, today has made me... Re- I, I'll <laughs> cut this probably as well. Um, The fucking today like i even thought to myself like i didn't realize rishi sunak could look smaller and more pathetic than he already does <laughs> yeah and like it's just like it's it's it, like how is how is a man that's like fucking five foot five look even smaller and you don't have to cut ridiculous that. yeah you don't have to cut that you can keep that in i might cut that yeah i, I might keep it in yeah mm. 
I fucking hate Richard Spencer. He's such a fucking despicable, disingenuous string of piss. I hate. I hate, I hate them all. Yeah. Fucking. I hate how sense. more. I hate how smug he is. Yeah. I hate his intonation and the way he delivers his fucking addresses. That just. Oh, I want to hit him. I want to hit him a lot. Stupid. <laughs> it was asked yesterday in an interview. I think Beth Rigby asked him in an interview yesterday. Um, if he'll call a general election. And then he just said, the country doesn't want a general election. Like, fucking bullshit, man. Yeah, like, waffle. the country is screaming out for an election. You don't want an election because you know you can't fucking win it. Yeah, and also, like, you didn't even fucking win an election. Like, you weren't even the man that was voted in with this party. Like, <laughs> I saw Not- somewhere as well that he was barely even a fucking cabinet member when the Tories came into power and he's just stumbled his way into being the Prime Minister because he was the third choice and the other two fucked it. Not only was he not elected, once the actual elected leader, Boris Johnson, steps down, they had an election between Conservative members only. Members of the political Conservative Party would vote on who would be the next Prime Minister. He fucking lost that election as well. It was only because Liz Truss, who won it, then fucked up so catastrophically that they had to give it to him. So he's fucking twice. He's fucking unelected twice. Jesus. What a just... There aren't enough words for that oxygen thief. Swella Braverman can fuck off as well. The fucking absolute... Oh, abhorrent, yeah. vile, v- disgusting woman, man. So fucking evil. <laughs> Welcome back to another Happy Pod <laughs> After Dark, by the way. Um, this is what we do now. <laughs> yeah. If, if we haven't alienated the majority of our listeners, well, I hope not, really, because... <laughs> If, you, if you're not like, if, like, you don't have to agree with the fine points of what we're saying, but if you don't at least con- hold the consensus that this government suck, then like, not the show for you, I don't think. If, if you don't believe that people deserve basic fucking rights and respect, then yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe this isn't the place for you. Isn't this wild? It all, literally, this entire thing comes down to a group of like, largely oppressed people just being like, we'd really prefer it if you said this. And then been like, uh, no, yeah. I don't have to, actually. Yeah. Because I don't think that's right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think you can exist. I've said yeah. it, and therefore it's true. And therefore, go away. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, good luck deciding what that stays in and doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're never accepting an ad from the Tory government anyway, so, like, we're not beholden to it. No. Um Anyway, yeah. Um, cool recommendations. Um, well, one one great talking fish account and the other a documentary that will largely put you in a spiral of bad mood. Yeah. Um, but again, probably more important. I, I don't know if the fish is more important. I would say maybe. Um, Lawrence, I have to go play Assassin's Creed Mirage in 30 minutes. Oh, yes. I apologize. <laughs> uh, enjoy that. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, by the way, uh, if you were wondering... Uh, you can mosey on over to Twitter. Uh, that is a good place to catch us at Another Happy Pod, uh, where you'll get a little post uh, reminder. You'll be scrolling on your feed and you'll see a little post come up from us every single Friday at 10 a.m. Uh, and you'll be like, wow, I forgot this podcast was coming out. I can't wait to click this link that will take me through to a podcast platform of my choice where I can listen to this episode. Um, and while you're there, uh, I didn't, I don't know if you know this, 
Um, but there is on that podcast platform of choice, there is likely a review feature. You maybe even be able to write a little comment. That would be cool. Uh, but for the most part, if you give this a little five stars, if you appreciate it, and if you hate the Tories, that four of you don't, we can only assume that you were on the wrong side of history. Um, so I would, if it was me, I'd give a, I'd give a, um, a like uh, or a, a review. I've, I'm stumbling. Nathan, we have another podcast. That's right, we do. It's called Still Got Legs. It's our Doctor Who rewatch podcast. Every week we watch an episode and discuss an episode of Doctor Who. We're coming up to the end of Series 3. It's our Series 3 finale in the next episode, maybe, depending on when this comes out. I don't know. I often get the dates mixed up. Join us. It's fun. Still Got Legs, available on all podcast platforms every Monday, 10 a.m. He did it faster this week to embarrass me. Um, but that's fair. What else do I say? There's someone else I'm missing. Review. Twitter. Did that. Did that. Did the date. I don't know. I'm definitely missing something. That's right, Lawrence. You are missing something. Hi, everyone. It's Editing Lawrence. Firstly, sorry this episode is late. And secondly, uh, as soon as we finished recording yesterday, I realised that I forgot to say that next week we're going to be doing this. If I can prove that I never touched my balls, will you promise not to tell another soul what you saw? No one else was in the room where it happened. Is that a yes? I, you just touched your ball. Wow. What a fantastic time. I bet everyone is so excited. No one has ever heard of this niche musical ever before. Are we done? Yeah, say goodbye. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs>